So 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 to 15. And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. Out of the most severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability. Entirely on their own, they urged they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. And they did did not do as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us in keeping with God's will. So we urged Titus, since he had earlier made a, be- a beginning, to bring also a completion to this act of grace on your part. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I'm not commanding you, but I want you to test sincerely of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that through his poverty might become, so that you through his poverty might become rich. And here is my advice about what is best for you in this matter. Last year you were <clears throat> you were the first not only to give but also to have the desire to do so. Now finish the work so that your eager eager willingness to do do it may be matched by your by your completion of it according to your means. For if the willingness is there the gift is acceptable according to what one has, not according to what what he he does not have. Our desire is not that others might be relieved while you are hard pressed, but there might be equality. At the present time, your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. Then. There will be equality, as it is written. He who gathered much did not have too much, and he who gathered little did not have too little. Then we're moving to um, verses, uh, sorry, chapter nine, verses six to fifteen. Remember this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he has scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. 
His righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your, generous, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. Good morning, everybody. Uh, so those of you who don't know me, my name is uh, Andy, and I'm uh, one of the church wardens here. Um, but also as uh, part of my role, I'm the giving coordinator, which means I sort of look after the administration of um, everybody who, who gives to the church on a regular basis. And uh, a number of people uh, over the past uh, few weeks and months have actually approached me to ask about how do we actually give to the church? What is the process for doing it? And so I thought it would actually be useful, or we thought as a church uh, and as a PCC and standing committee, that it would be useful to actually um, have a session, or have a day when we can actually focus on uh, giving to the church. How do we do it? What is the process? Uh, why do we give? Uh, what is the... Uh, um, uh, what is God's uh, instructions about giving and all that sort of thing. So that is kind of where we are today, uh, really. Um, but I would just want to start with a bit of a caveat. So uh, when I talk about giving to the church, um, I'm particularly talking about people who are already part of this church, already part of this uh, community. If you're here uh, just visiting or maybe you've just uh, come a, a few times uh, or you don't really consider yourself part of this church, then... Uh, please do keep listening because I'm hoping there'll be stuff that's useful for you. But when it comes to actually giving to the church, uh, this is not what we're asking you to do um, uh, at all. So we're not uh, putting any expectation on, uh, on people to be giving. We want you to come here. We want you to feel welcome. We don't, uh, we, we don't want your, your money. But for people who um, are part of this community, then I think there is a call on our lives to be giving um, to... The work of the kingdom in this church and in this area. Um, so um, let's. So this is going to be a practical session, but also we're going to look at this uh, Bible passage that Dave has just read. So without further ado, let's have a look at a map. So can we bring the map up? Um, so uh, this um, passage that we've just read, that Dave has just read to us, is Paul's letter to the Corinthians. Okay, so Corinth is a, a town in the south of Greece, just there. Um, and this is one of the churches that, uh, that Paul established. 
Um, but he starts uh, this, this part by actually talking about a different church, and it's one in uh, Macedonia, which is this area of northern Greece. And if you've read in your Bibles the letter to the Philippians or the Thessalonians, the, uh, these are uh, towns in this part of the, uh, the world. And what he's saying is that these Macedonians have been really generous in their giving. And um, when we sort of compare with, with other texts, it seems likely that uh, what the Macedonians were particularly giving to was to the church in Jerusalem down there. Okay, this was a church that was undergoing particular hardships uh, and was in particular poverty. And the Macedonians were responding to this need by saying, yes, we want to give. We want to have a collection and, uh, and, and send some gifts down to this church. Um, so Paul was pointing to them as an example uh, to the Corinthians of, um, uh, of giving in action. And so he was um, trying to encourage the Corinthians also to join in in this particular uh, call to um, bring gifts to the church in Jerusalem. Um, and so what uh, does he uh, talk about? So let's, let's, let's first of all think about why we should give. And I think it can be summed up like this. These are just a few, this is a, a very dense actually passage from, uh, from Corinthians, but I'm just trying to pick out a few things that I think might be helpful to us as we talk about this subject. So first of all, it's not a command, but a test. So Paul was not saying, you must do this. Um, nor was he using the example of the Macedonians to guilt trip the Corinthian church into thinking they had to part with their hard-earned cash. And I think this is a very important point. I don't, um, I don't think God is saying to us that we must give. You have to give to the church. Or if you do give, you have to give a certain amount. Now, God might be speaking to you personally, in your heart, about what is right for you. But as a general rule, this is not a command. This is not something that we have to do. But it is a, uh, a test if we look at verse 8. And when I use the word test... Um, it's easy to think of that in a very negative way, like a maths test or a spelling test or a driving test, something that uh, we really dread and uh, you know, we may end up failing if we, uh, if we don't study hard enough. Um, but instead of that kind of test, I'd like you to think of this kind of test. Remember, remember these? Yes. <laughs> the, COVID, the COVID test. Um, so I'm sure uh, probably everybody in this room has, has, uh, has had to... Uh, stick something up their nose several times over the last couple of years and, uh, and try and get this, uh, th this little uh, white piece of plastic to work, um, which uh, doesn't always happen. But uh, the thing about a COVID test is that you can't catch COVID from taking a test, nor can you be cured from it by taking a test. All the test does is to provide evidence of what is already happening inside, inside your body. Um, and that's a little bit like um, what I think uh, Paul is saying in this kind of test. He's saying, he's, he's saying to the Corinthians, I know what you're like inside. In fact, in verse, um, 
Um, in verse 7, he says, Just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. So Paul already recognises that the potential is there, the promise is there. Um, he's commending them on their character. And in fact, um, he says later that last year, when there was a similar um, uh, issue about giving, they were the first to respond, they were the first to give. And so they were showing a lot of promise and willingness. And it's almost like he's saying, well, you started well, you're saying all the right things, you're showing all the right potential, but can you bring this to completion? In a way, he's saying, well, put your money where your mouth is. So, this comparison with the Macedonians was not a guilt trip, but it was an inspiration. The Macedonians didn't need to be asked. Out of, out of their joy and their response to the grace that God had given them, they wanted to give, they were asking to give. They say, what can we do? How can we, how can we respond? So even in the midst of their poverty and hardship, they wanted to do something. Giving doesn't make you a better person. It, it can't curry favour with God. It doesn't make God love us anymore. But just like it was for the Macedonians, it can be an evidence of how God is working in your life. It's about the outward expression of what is happening inside. So that's why we should give. What about what we should give or how much we should give? Well, I think this is uh, summed up in verse 12 of chapter 8. Um, it's not about what you don't have, but about what you have. Now, it seems a little bit awkward, even maybe a little bit inappropriate, to start talking about um, asking people to think about giving or upping their giving in this world that we live in where we're facing this cost of living crisis, we're facing these energy prices um, ahead of us. It's going to be a very, very difficult time. Um, and if this is something that you're worried about, I would commend Claire's talk from a couple of weeks ago um, where she uh, acknowledged that this is a tough time. But actually, we have a God who knows us and who uh, loves us and who has great plans for us. And we can completely trust in him. So we don't need to panic, but trust in God. And I believe that God is not interested in how much we give as such. I don't think he's there in heaven with a spreadsheet of pounds and pence um, uh, working out who's giving what. I think he's probably got better things to do, to be honest with you. But what he is interested in is our heart. He is our Father. He wants us to trust him completely with everything in our life, including our money. Now, God is not asking anybody to go without heating their homes or to go hungry or to get into debt because, um, because of giving to the church. Let's be clear on that. However, he may be asking us to make sacrifices. In fact, giving by definition always involves sacrifices. Whatever money you give to the church or to any cause is money that you could have spent on something else. You know, and that could be... Um, 
uh, holidays or um, Christmas presents or going to the pub or going to the coffee shop. It could be all sorts of things. It could be just money that you would otherwise put in your uh, savings for a rainy day or add to your pension. So the fact is that we all have choices to make. Um, we all have sacrifices to make and I think uh, we all need to uh, talk to God about that and be honest with God about that. Um, so that's what should we, we should give. What about how we should give? Well, in chapter 9, verse 7, Paul makes it clear that we should give not reluctantly, but cheerfully. If we give out of a sense of duty or compulsion, this can just lead to resentment and weariness and stress. But rather, we are to give cheerfully. So if, before making the decision, we've had an honest conversation with God, either on our own or with our, with our family, uh, we've had an honest conversation with the Father who loves us, we have put our trust in him to provide, and we have peace in our hearts about how much to give or not to give, then we can give with a smile on our face, feeling excited and passionate about contributing to God's kingdom here on earth. And that sounds a whole lot more pleasant than resentment, weariness, and stress. So now for some practical stuff. And the first thing I want to share, because I think it's important to be really open and accountable um, uh, to you. Um, so uh, I'm, I've, I've got some uh, pie charts uh, to show you. So this is... Um, if you went to the APCM um, in, back in April, then actually you, you would have seen these figures anyway if you bothered to look at them. Um, but I thought I'd put them in a pie chart form just to show you um, how um, the finances of the church look like. So in 2021, you see this is uh, what our giving, uh, <coughs> our income looked like. And we see that most of it, sort of nearly three quarters of it, uh, actually the laser doesn't show up on that screen, never mind is the blue bit is from giving. So that is from uh, you people here in the church, uh, giving on a regular basis to the work of the church. And this includes gift aid as well. So this, of course, is a hugely important part uh, which enables us to do what we do. Uh, uh, we also get uh, some income from buildings, so hiring out uh, buildings to other organisations. Uh, we have also some income from investments, but most of it comes from giving. And how do we spend our money? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, in, a, in a variety of ways. Uh, first thing to note is this giving and donations. So it's important to say that not everything that uh, we get in, we, we keep. Um, the church actually, the PCC, decides to give to a number of causes, and f uh, including people that we support, missionaries that we support, organisations that we support. So by giving to the church, you are also supporting the things that the, church that the church is supporting. And then we have this funny thing called the Common Fund. Now, um, if you notice in, uh, in chapter uh, 9, uh, sorry, chapter 8, um, verse uh, 14, it says, at the present time your plenty will supply what they need, so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need then there will be equality. 
So what the common fund is, this is money that, is, um, that we pay to, to the diocese on a regular basis. And, th and this is money that then gets shared equally around all the churches in the diocese. So that pays for the vicars and the curates and lots of other stuff too, grants that are made to, uh, to different churches. Um, and so this means that um, churches that are really in really poor areas where people don't have much money to give can still afford a vicar, can still afford a building. Uh, and so um, part of what we do here is actually subsidize other churches in the diocese. Uh, and again, if we get to the point where uh, we're struggling ourselves, then that can be reciprocated as well. Um, uh, also, we have payroll and um, expenses. So we do have, uh, alongside the clergy that are paid slightly separately, we do have paid staff um, uh, on, our, on our payroll. Um, and, uh, and church running costs, which of course is the actual cost of actually maintaining uh, and heating uh, uh, the, uh, the buildings, both at St. Barts and St. Stephen's. And um, you know, unfortunately, as we well know, these costs are likely to rise in the future. And we have mission and evangelism, and that seems like a small little section, um, but actually, if you think about it, the money that we spend on the building and on the, uh, on the staff, on the payroll, uh, that is all going to our, our mission and evangelism work as well, but we also have uh, extra money that, uh, that goes specifically to mission and evangelism work, and of course, we hope to uh, increase that. Um, so at this point, I now want to um, uh, tell you about how that you can uh, give to the church. And so to do this, we're going to watch a little video, if that's okay, Dave. And this is about the parish giving scheme, uh, which is the best way to, uh, to give to the church and indeed uh, any, any church within the Church of England. So if you'd like to uh, play the video and... Uh... The parish giving scheme, or PGS for short, is a simple and easy way for you to support your local church. Using a professional donation management system, PGS offers a secure way for your church to receive gifts and gift aid on a regular basis. So how does it work? Honouring the First Fruits principle, gifts are sent to the PGS on the first of the month via direct debit. The gift is then forwarded to your church by the 10th of the month and any eligible gift aid is sent separately once received from HMRC. You can make changes to your giving whenever you want, simply by contacting the PGS support team. You can also choose to have your gift automatically increase each year in line with inflation. PGS helps reduce the burden on our church volunteers, provides a professional service to its givers, and most importantly, helps parishes fund their mission and ministry. PGS, the better way to encourage giving in your church. There we go. Um, so if we put up the ne next slide. Um, so the, the parish giving scheme, we've been, uh, we've been in this scheme now for about uh, uh, more than uh, three years. Um, and um, this is uh, um, by far the best way to give. So on your seats, you should have a little, uh, a little leaflet with a QR code. Now, um, and it's also, it's also up in there, so do feel free to get your phones out and scan the QR code uh, just to see whether it works. Um, 
Uh, I actually uh, managed to successfully scan a QR code for the first time last month. Um, uh, yes, I know. I was in, we were in Manchester Airport, Terminal 3, and uh, I was, we were trying to get some, some lunch, and I asked to look at the menu. They said, no, we don't have menus. No, you've got to scan the QR code, and then that's how you can actually uh, order your food. So basically, I had to either scan a QR code or go hungry. So I tried it, and it worked, and we got our food. So if I can, if I can use QR codes, anybody can. So that's probably the easiest way, and, that, and what that will do, that will take you straight to the Vine's own little page within um, uh, the Paris Giving Scheme. So that makes sure that you don't accidentally give to the wrong church, which would be terrible. So, um, uh, so scan the QR code, or if you don't want to do the old-fashioned method, you can actually type in the, uh, the web address there, which is parishgiving.org.uk slash Sheffield the Vine Sheffield. Uh, and if you want to talk to a real person, because let's face it, real, person, real people are great, then you can actually uh, uh, call a number and quote a, a reference number. Or in fact, if you just say that you're from the Vine Sheffield, they should be able to, to find us. So it's a really easy uh, method of, uh, of, of giving. Um, you can set up a uh, direct debit, which will come out on the, on the first of the month. You can choose whether you want to, uh, to, to um, keep that the same or you can uh, make it increase in line with inflation, which means that it can increase every year without you having to do anything, but it's up to you which of the, of the two that you choose. And uh, also it means that, it, that all gift aid that uh, comes from your donation, so if you pay tax, tax, the PGS will sort all that out and will also send all that money to us as a church, so all the money comes to us, plus all the gift aid comes to us, and it's a really seamless kind of system. Uh, I know many of you are already on the PGS, and uh, if you are, you can also use this website to, um, to review your giving. So that might be something you might want to do at this time, but you will have to, to log in, uh, in, order to, in order to do that. Um, and also, well, yeah, another way, even if you don't want to phone the number or, or go on the website, you can actually fill in a form and post it off. So we've got all bases covered. Uh, and those forms are uh, outside at the back. Um, uh, however, if you um, don't want to um, uh, do the PGS, another option is to set up a standing order directly into the church's uh, bank account. And so on your little piece of paper, it gives you details about how to do that. But if you, uh, if you do that, then all I'll ask for you to do is to, is to fill in the back um, uh, which is just to say uh, how much you're going to, to give and also uh, sign a gift, gift aid declaration. Um, and if you uh, want to do that method, then can I just ask that you um, fill that out and then put it in an envelope. Uh, Paul has some envelopes, okay, so uh, they can be sealed up and um, um, I will look at them uh, later. And I think it's important also to say a little bit about uh, confidentiality. Um, the Paris Giving Scheme is really confidential. If you want to, you can actually uh, be completely anonymous on there. Although I do ask, if possible, that you do put your name, uh, because that does uh, help me to, uh, to know who, who is giving what. So if there are any issues, I can come and, and talk to you privately uh, to discuss your giving. Um, but nobody else in the church 
will see the statements from Paris Giving Scheme, so nobody else will know how much you're giving, including, including Will, um, uh, which is important because it means that nobody's treated any differently because they give uh, a large amount or a small amount or not at all. Um, and, uh, and that's the way that, uh, that, that we want to keep it. Uh, if you do the standing order method, uh, the only thing to note is that our administrator, Jackie, will also have to know how much you're giving because she opens the bank statements and, and, and inputs the, the, the money into our system. So there's a, li a little bit of an extra step uh, in, that, in that method. And then, of course, um, uh, we also do have a, um, uh, a little velvet bag at the back which I'm sure Paul will be holding after the service. So you can always put your money in there um, if, you, if you want to. And that can also be a really good way if you, um, if you do a regular giving through the PGS, but want to do, give something extra maybe on a certain week for whatever reason, then you can do that by just popping, a, popping your cash or putting a check into the, uh, into the, into the little bag. Um, so uh, I think that's kind of all the practical stuff, uh, really. Um, but um, please do uh, note that my phone number and, and email address are on the sheet, so you can get hold of me or come to talk to me afterwards. I'm not going to be around for very long because uh, Ruben and I do have a train to catch, so I might be shooting off. Um, but if you want to um, give your forms back, then just put them in an envelope, give them to Paul, and uh, he will uh, stick him in the office. Uh, or indeed uh, contact me afterwards if you've got any other questions. Um, uh, and the final thing I want to say really is, um, is this all about money? Well, hopefully from this service so far you've realised that this isn't just about money. Our giving to God is much wider than that. And in fact, uh, giving your, your time and your talents and your skills um, to the church and to what we're doing here is also really appreciated. So even if it is um, uh, helping make coffee after the service, we, uh, helping on the tech desk, um, doing the gardening. Uh, in fact, uh, today would be a great opportunity to do that because we have a, a gardening session uh, after the uh, service today. Uh, getting involved in the coffee morning that, that's, uh, that's happening uh, every week. Um, or um, uh, becoming a member of the, the PCC, or becoming a, a warden like I am. Um, these, are, these are the sort of things that we'd love people to, to join in with and get stuck in with. You know, we, want, we want a really uh, diverse PCC, which represents everybody within the church. Um, so if any of those sort of things appeal to you, please do come and see me or Paul, and uh, we can sort of see how we can get you more involved in what is going on and how you can, how you can serve. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it's not just about money. We've got much more, uh, much more to give than that. So it's not about money, but it is all about worship. As Davo shared with us a couple of weeks ago, uh, everything that we do for God should come from a starting point of worship. Our primary calling as followers of Jesus is to bring praise and worship to God, responding to the love and grace that he's lavished upon us. And giving does not just start with worship, but it ends with worship. In chapter 9, verse 13, it says, Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ 
and for your generosity in sharing with them and everyone else. There are lots of ways to worship, but giving must be at the heart of our worship. So expressing our thanks to God is not just about the words that we say, but about the sacrifices that we are prepared to make in our lives for him.